Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. As always, I am your host, Daniel Kites, a.k.a. Vice President Kamara Harris, a name that I think might be a little bit too clever. I'm not sure. I might, I'm not sold on it yet, but I do really enjoy the play. I think it just worked out perfectly, but we'll, we'll see how that goes on. And today, I'm really, really excited to get to talk about the draft that just happened this weekend. And to really just, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to make a lot of enemies in this podcast. I think I think this podcast is going to once again cement me as the villain of the league and really just create some tension and some hatred around. And I'm so, so excited for that. It's the, like I was telling the boys already on here, it's the end of the first week of school and I'm already half cut and I'm ready to just let loose and, and have a little fun here on the pod. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce the two gentlemen who are joining me here. Uh, first off, we have uh, owner of, manager of the team uh, Fields of Wet Dreams. We've got Daniel D. Carvalho on the line. Danny, how's it going? Doing, doing pretty good. Excited to join you for the first of the year. First of many, hopefully. You you know, you just got to make sure your team performs well so you can show up on the pod. You know, you got to make sure that happens. Although, maybe after what I say, that may not be so obvious. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> also on the pod today, we have uh, already returning for his second appearance because, again, he really wants to usurp my place as the host here. But uh, is just always excited to come talk fantasy football. We've got Spitting Llamas manager here. We've got Mikey Campos. Mikey, how's it going? I was better on draft day than I am today. But uh, you know what? Uh, all things considered, I'm still kicking around, even before uh, week one. That's good to hear. I know you had a, you've definitely had the roughest go since the draft. And we'll, we'll definitely tie into that a little bit as we go on. Uh, and so, so a little bit about how this pod is going to work. What, what we've done, or what I've done, rather, is I have gone through the draft and I have made my own rankings uh, about who I think had the worst draft to who I think had the best draft. Now, this doesn't necessarily reflect how I think the year is going to end. You know, this is kind of me looking at value of picks, looking at where guys were taken. And so so if I, when I refer to some people as having the worst draft or having the second worst draft, that doesn't inherently mean I think you'll miss the playoffs. I think there's a decent chance you'll miss the playoffs. But I think that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, things are good. Things are all downhill. I, th- I think it just, what I'm thinking is, I looked at the picks that you made and I wasn't ecstatic or I wasn't crazy about some of the value I saw in there. And so Danny and Mikey have no idea uh, what my rankings are. They, I, I've given little hints here and there, but they're going to be reacting live to me stating these teams so I, I hope they've had a good look at each team i hope they're going to be able to banter with me about this and hopefully call me out on my shit when i uh, mention it boys are you ready for this definitely okay so coming in we're going to go for in east or descending order so we're going to go from the person i thought had the worst draft up until the best draft coming in at number 12 we have Tony. Ooh, spicy. 
Okay. So I'll I'll lay out a bit of my reasoning for this, and I'll let you let you guys think about it. So my reasoning on Tony's team was, I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey. That's the obvious number one pick. I mean, if you didn't choose Christian McCaffrey, you're already fucking up. But then he's, I think, the running back depth on that team is abysmal. Like it's Kareem Hunt, and then the Pats backup, and that's that's not going to cut it in our league, I don't think. And Granted, he has a good wide receiver corpse. I really do like the wide receivers that he has out there. I don't love the fact that he drafted two quarterbacks that are pretty much in the same tier of quarterbacks, to my mind. It seems like if you were going to draft, you only needed to draft one of those people. So why not take a better value pick You know, earlier in the draft? And I really don't like Dallas Goddard this year. I think you know Zach Ertz is still going to have a role to play in that offense. Which makes the value of a lot of the picks that that Tony made in this draft, I really, really don't love a lot outside of his wide receivers. Uh, gentlemen, you know, Danny, why don't you speak first? Danny, why don't you? What What do you think about that? Is that fair? Is that harsh? What do you think? No, I think that's fair. I, I'm just looking at his team now. I think um, I think his first four picks are I'm totally cool with. I I, I I don't really love Kareem Hunt. I know Paul really loves him, but I just I just can't get around getting like a backup running back basically um, as my RB two. But yeah, after that, I agree. Like I like his wide receivers for sure. I even like his late wide receivers. Nelson Aguilar in the last round, I think, can is definitely good. Um, I was butthurt that I didn't get Rondale Moore. I I love yeah. Rondale Moore. Yeah, me too. And I think because they'll be passing a lot. And uh, I mean, he just needs to pass. Um, AJ, what's his name? Uh, Green, AJ Green, right? Who's basically dust already. So I, right. I, don't, I don't think that's going to be hard to do. So, but the problem is he has, you know, I would say six, actually three, definitely great wide receivers, you know, four AU really high upside and the rest are pretty good, but you can only start three of them. <laughs> so right. he's in trouble. And yeah, I agreed about Dallas Goddard too, for sure. I, I, I had the exact same opinion that you did. Mikey, thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, similar to what Danny and, and what you um, said, like very thin on, on running back. Yeah, you got McCaffrey, who's essentially two players in one. Uh, but having Hunt as your second is kind of a red flag and alarming. Uh, really good depth and wide receiver, but um, yeah, I think in the draft getting getting Stafford in, I believe it was the tenth round when there was still pretty good upside potential, like WR threes or uh, or like you know good handcuff RBs out there. He could have taken instead. Um, could have probably been a better option for him. Uh, you know, he just has to, I think, manage his team for the season. Try to Hope that one of those wide receivers like Ayuk really uh, shines out, and maybe he can deal a trade to get a decent second running back back there to balance his team a little bit more. Um, I don't know if I would agree that he's the worst draft uh, out of all the teams, but uh, yeah, I, I can agree with most of what you've said. Okay, yeah, it's, it, I actually think Stafford is quite decent value in the tenth round there, even as the first one. Yep. It just makes me think that taking Jalen Hurts three rounds earlier, it's just like, why do that? Like, if you could have gotten Stafford, I don't think the difference between Stafford and Hurts is going to be 
a very significant one. So to my mind, I'm just kind of like, why not take someone who can help your team out? Take a running back, for God's sake, uh, you know, instead of Jalen Hurts in the seventh when you might be able to get Stafford in the tenth. That's that's where I'm thinking value-wise. But again, I, I is there can I see a team that can start McCaffrey, Allen, Cooper, and Cup making the playoffs? Absolutely. I think that's 100% a possibility. I just think yep. there was some some wasted draft capital here, some wasted opportunities. Yeah, I, I think he could easily make the playoffs. Actually, just based on McCaffrey, like like Mikey said, is two players. If he puts up thirty points a week, you know, that's going to make up his RB two slot. But you know, it's just McCaffrey for you. Yeah, it just you know he he Tony's going to benefit from having that number one draft uh, slot. I think I I think that's really going to probably help him get to the playoffs. Um, but again, I just don't think the value is there. So then let's move on to my number 11 person who I thought had the second worst drafts in the league. We've got DJ damage. We got Paul coming in with the second worst drafts in my rankings. Now, my reasoning behind this for Paul, the, the, the top running backs of Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs is fine i guess it doesn't feel super high upside to me uh and the rest of his running back picks are are kind of iffy i really don't love the wide receivers here i think Diggs is going to be great but i don't i hate galladay this year and i don't really love julio either i think there's a bit of question marks there uh lamar is going to be good i wonder if maybe this pick would have been better spent on a running back and I I don't know how I feel about fans. I he, he has that upside. He's an athletic guy, but I don't know if he's going to be able to really shine and excel in that Denver offense. So to my mind, it just seemed like a bit early to try and pick a fan. Mikey, what are your thoughts on Paul's draft? Uh, I actually briefly talked to him about his draft, and uh, honestly, I, I kind of told him that he's going to ride and die based off if his players stay healthy. Uh, just because like he drafted a lot of players who are uh, who have history of injuries, aka Julio Jones uh, played half the season last year and he's getting older. Like we all know, you know, hamstring issues with wide receivers over the age of thirty, it only declines them. Debo Samuel, he's always injured. Great when he's on the field, but how many times is he actually on the field? I felt that last year with him. Uh, and then again, like you just said, Kenny Galladay. Um, so. I, I think he's going to literally ride and die his, uh, die his season based off if these guys are even going to be able to play for him or not. Um, and, yeah, to base, I mean, like, and to base, like, and to base, not one, not two, but, you know, a handful of guys on your team that are, like, high injury risk is you're, you're taking a big leap of faith over there. Danny, what do you think about that? How do you, how do you feel about his running back situation? Do you agree with that, or am I yeah. being too pessimistic? No, I'm, I'm with you. I really don't like Josh Jacobs this year, especially as a third-round pick, I think. Jonathan Taylor is okay, but I probably would have taken, you know, Eckler, Barkley before him this year, I think. Um, and I really, I think Paul's worst pick is probably Ronald Jones in the sixth before Mostert and Sermon. 100%. Uh, I, I, I don't, like, and you could see from that first game, like, that, that's going to be a, you know, a committee backfield. And Ronald Jones is prone to fumbling, which is not going to get him any playing time, so. He's in. He's definitely in trouble for his depth. But that said, like Jacobs will, I think, will be an RB two. But like, like you said, his upside 
is is not very high because they have a lot of backs there. So I, I, I think I'm with you. Um, this is a team that I see having a harder time making the playoffs. I'm not sure I'm sold on this one making the playoffs. I don't know. Is, am, I be, am I harsh there? Or what, what do you guys think about that? Mikey, maybe? Uh, you know, I, I can see, like, where you're getting with that. And, and I can see it because, I, I, like, there's no way. There's no way Debo is staying healthy. And I don't think Julio will either. So he's going to struggle when he needs to, uh, you know, replace these guys, uh, not only for, let's say, when they're on their buys, but if they're going to be missing a couple of games. And yeah, his bench isn't looking too hot, to be honest, with Randall Cobb, like, he's going back to Green Bay, but, you know, lots of mouths to feed there, I don't know what he's going to do. Lindsey, I wouldn't even touch that Houston offense, Danny just touched Ronald Jones. So, yeah, I don't know, if he can manage his team well, I think he can be okay, but uh, he's going to have to do a lot of load management here, too, uh, this season, if he's going to make it work for him. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. All right, let's let's move on to our number 10 spot. And I've actually just made a live change to my rankings. I've looked at my notes, and I compared the next two guys, and I decided I liked one team a little bit more than the other, so I switched them around. So now coming in at number 10 in terms of the draft, I have Andre's team coming in Whoa. at number 10. <laughs> Shots fired, wow. <laughs> Andre's going to have something to say about that. You know what? Andre's not going to listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. I feel fine talking <laughs> shit about him here. So let, let me lay this out. I feel like hearing those reactions, I think y'all have some, some pretty uh, strong comments to make. But let me lay out my reasoning here. So I like Gibson a lot. I think Gibson has really strong mid-RB1 upside. If everything goes amazing, could be like in the top three, top four. But, you know, like, I still wonder a little bit about that injury. I don't know how well he's going to be. And if he, if he's even a little bit off, like, he really needs Trey Sermon to become a big back in San Francisco. Because otherwise, he has nothing out there. If if Gibson ever gets hurt, there it's, it's a wasteland out there for him and running back. And then... Yes, Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson is probably the best one-two wide receivers in, the, in our league right now. I, I own that. And there's some good wide receiver depth there. I don't know if I love the Dak Prescott pick um, at number in the fifth round. I think there may have been... I may have gone with a running back here instead, you know, with a guy like uh, Gibson trying to be just your number one there. And Pitts is nice. But, I mean, history is against rookie tight ends. And I know the discourse is, well, don't think of Pitts as a tight end. Think of him more as a wide receiver and, you know, what rookie wide receivers has done. But I think there's a lot of variance to how Pitts might turn out here. So, for all those reasons, I, I really don't love Andre's draft. So, so Danny, you sounded like you had a really chuffed reaction there. <laughs> Tell me what you think. I mean, I, 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 can, I completely see your point. I, I think I – think... Um, I 100% agree with you on the Pitts pick. I was actually speaking to Andre today, and he was talking about how he wants to trade for Pitts in another league, trading Swift for Pitts. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> um, he really, really See, likes. This is him. Andre's problem. Andre just gets addicted to prospect porn. Yeah, like he just loves he loves young athletic men, and he can't control <laughs> himself around them. <laughs> 
uh he yeah i don't i don't agree at all for uh drafting pits uh before andrews and hawkinson like i think that was that was i actually agree less with the pits pick than i do with prescott i think prescott in the fifth is about where he was going um so i mean that's not yeah. crazy uh, I don't but yeah, disagree with the value there, but I just disagree like roster construction wise. I guess sure. Um, okay, I I can see that. Yeah, I, I think he could have definitely done with like Chase Edmonds probably would have helped him a lot. Um, and then grabbed you know a different quarterback. If Prescott was there for me, I would have taken him. And but then I probably yeah. Anyways, it would have changed the course of my draft too. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I I do think I do think the end of his draft. I mean, outside of drafting you know the Bucks really early. He uh, has some decent picks, like starting with Mooney. I like Mooney, Marshall, uh, Tyra Williams is okay. There's the only option there. Uh, Gainwell is okay too. But Mooney and Marshall, I think, are really good late wide receivers to pick up. I think they both have really high upside. So that's why I was more – because not many people – I mean, there's some people, but not many people have very high upside picks in the the 10th round plus. Um, Yeah. And I think those are two of the better ones. But yeah, I fully agree with, I think the mid rounds is where he lost it a bit, I would say. Mikey, how are you feeling about uh, Andre's running back situation there? Do you, do you agree with my assessment? Am I being too pessimistic? Uh, regarding his RB situation, yeah, it's definitely thin. Like uh, Gibson, I like Gibson this year too, like, to be honest, if Hilaire wasn't there in the second for me to pick up, I was hoping that uh, maybe Gibson would fall to me too. I do like him this Very year, but thinking. but I yeah, behind him to have Sermon, like you know, as as long as Raheem the Dream's gonna be there, like it will be like a, a committee uh, back, and Sermon as your number two, I think it's it's too early uh, to see how he's going to be. And he's putting a lot of faith in him that he's going to develop. Uh, I, what round did he pick him up in? Do you remember? Sermon was sixth. a sixth-round pick, which I think is fine. Like, end of the sixth round, which I think is fine value for Sermon. But as mm-hmm. your RB2, it's, that's a dicey move. It is. So, and I don't like the RBs he has on his bench. Like, Singletary is... Uh, and Connor I spoke to Andre, actually, about this specifically but he he told me that after he picked prescott he didn't think that there would be so many rbs that went before his next pick so he was kind of forced into taking sermon at that point he was hoping to take you know someone else that went before them he did tell me that he was really hoping damian harris would get to him he said he was very butthurt that i took damian harris right. in the middle of the sixth round yeah well and yeah he probably would have taken him off there it's, yeah i'd imagine well, that's the thing when you are doing the snake again, right? And especially if you're in that first to fourth or the eight to twelfth range, like sometimes you got to reach a little bit to know what you're getting back. And that's where probably picking up Pitts and Prescott back to back screwed him over in his thinking of who he could get back in the sixth. Yeah, um, and you know what? I feel like my my draft rankings here are going to be a bit skewed. Uh, not a bit, but they are skewed by kind of my own bias about how I think a good team is going to look this year and i really think especially just in our league just the way the settings are i think it's really 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 important to have not just like two but three good running backs in our league and that that really influences how i see a lot of the teams and the teams i think are strong and i if i hold andre up to that litmus test it he just fails 
Like that's not but, that's not a league team that I think is going to succeed. So I'll challenge you on that. Actually, why 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 would you say that coming from your team last year who had one running back? This is true, true. But like, what Andre will need to have happen, like like what I had last year was frankly anomalous. Like I had three top twelve wide receivers, and I had Travis Kelsey, who himself was basically a top twelve wide receiver. And then I had Aaron Jones, who was a top five running back. That's that was anomalous. And I and even after the auction, I felt really good about that. I thought this team, even just those five guys, would carry me really far. I don't like when we now that we've gone back to the snake, where you know we can't target specific guys, we have to like you know be a bit more strategic. I just think the strategy here was was all wrong, and I just don't see it really working out that well. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I can see your point. We'll, we'll see. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I think you can have a wide receiver in your flex and be okay. But if you're talking about for depth, for depth reasons, then yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. Just because was... running, back in this, running backs are, you know, we, we've seen it. Like running backs are the most oft injured of all the position players, I think. I think there's data that supports that. So like at, at some point, one of your running backs is going to go down. So if you don't have someone to fill in, you're you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage. So that's that's kind of where my thinking is on that. Well, especially yep. how how we tend to take running backs so early in the draft. You want to have like a good like everybody should want to draft that with at least having a good one two punch, not just a one and done. And then you exactly. know hope for your starts. I, I I agree with that, but because we are in a half point, like I agree, with Danny. Like when you're in the flex position, like. Uh, you know, a solid wide receiver is just as valuable as as a as a lower end, you know, flex option uh, running back um, in our league. If we were in standard, then it would be different. But uh, I think like how our league is set up, like you you can like look. Last year, I had Chubb and I had three good wide receivers, and and it worked for me. Like you said, you you did it last year too with one running back. So. There, there is a world and a realm where you, you can do it with just one running back. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to have to play Russian roulette with who you're going to be putting as your second running back throughout the season then. Yeah, and I, just, I think especially with our league too, it's just harder to get those three top-tier wide receivers. Because, again, it was easy to do that in auction because we so heavily valued running backs over wide receivers. So it was really easy. Or not really easy, but it was easier to get, you know, potentially three top 12 because the, the values were sort of play. I think I got, like, DK Metcalf for, like, 20 bucks last year. Like, it was ridiculous. So, but, like, with the snake draft, it just doesn't allow for that. We just don't really see that same value slipping down. Uh, but with that in mind, I just want to move on to our next person here, which almost actually goes against what I just argued. <laughs> uh, I might... This person, based on what I've said, perhaps should be higher, but this person I am penalizing for their... Basically, their late draft. I really like this person's first top four picks. I hate the rest of their draft. At number nine, we've got Kimbert's team coming up here. So with Kimbert's team, I think Eckler and Mixon has a really, really strong upside. I think there's a really high ceiling to be said there. Uh, Really not much else after that. But I really love those two guys. If you can slot those in one, two every week. I think you're set. Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, number one and two wide receivers. Great. Love it. Really love what I'm seeing there. Again, not much after that. 
Russell Wilson in the fifth round, considering some of the other running backs, like or the quarterbacks rather, like I mean Lamar Jackson was still on the board. I don't think yeah. I agree with picking Russell over Lamar. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, and seeing how late some of these QBs fell, that you know I think Wilson will probably have a good season, but in the fifth round feels like ridiculous value. And I think we can all agree that Mike Gusecki in the sixth round is probably the worst pick of the draft. <laughs> Like, far and away, without a doubt, the worst pick in the draft, especially since Tyler Higby, who we picked four rounds later, is going to be better than Mike Gusecki. Um, so I just, I think that's just abominable. Um, you're you're I, right, yeah. And, and, like, Mac Jones, even in, like, the 12th round, like, that's too much. Mac Jones was a waiver wire pickup. Like, it's, like, the first four picks, I think, Kimbert nailed. Everything after, I think, was a complete gong show. Uh, that's that's kind of my take on that, Mikey. What what do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you you kind of nailed it. Like, I actually think I actually don't mind Russell Wilson and where he grabbed him. I, I think it's fair play, and I, I like them uh, Mixon and Eckler, and I do like Robinson and more. I actually really like Higby this year. I, I was kind of targeting him in the later rounds in most of my mocks, and I think he will be. Uh, valuable, especially like I said early on, that uh, Everett's not there anymore. But yeah, I, I will agree. I think he kind of fell off a little bit in the end, especially like you just mentioned the Gasicki. There's no need to draft Gasicki and Higby in your top ten, like uh, in your with your first ten picks, like six, and probably Higby was tenth or something. Um, especially when like you know you you want to when you want to stash up probably to get more depth in other positions. Um, his bench is, is looking a little weak, you know, I would like the biggest upside there is probably going to be more, see kind of what happens with him there with, uh, in the a new revamp Jets offense. Uh, not, nothing more exciting to be honest, other than those top, uh, those top four or five picks. Yeah, Danny, maybe you want to speak a little bit on those wide receivers. Because, I mean, like, I think there's been a lot of buzz about Mike Williams this offseason. And Elijah yeah. Moore has been talked up a lot. Like, am I am I being a little too pessimistic about Kimbert's team here? Or, or what, I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I agree with you about the top four. Granted, I did own DJ Moore last year. He's great, but he's been snake-bitten for touchdowns. So if that happens again, um, and Sam Darnold, you know, is, isn't any better than Teddy Bridgewater, then I think... That's not going to be a good value there, considering Chris Godwin went after. Um, yeah, Mike Williams has a chance to do well in the eighth round. I don't hate it. Um, and Elijah Moore, I was really looking to get late, um, and I made it myself. I made him aware in the draft. He was. He t- yeah. said he was. I, I I called him out on googling sleepers during the draft, and he said he totally agreed on it. Um, <laughs> he. I think Elijah Moore is great, though. I don't know how well he'll do this year just because James and Crowder are still there. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. He's, he might, he's not playing first week, so he might break up, but we'll see. Uh, I agree, though, about his running backs and the Gasicki pick. That was a little, a little wild. Um, little is an understatement. Let's, yeah. let's call it what it is. Gasicki is the worst pick in this draft. I haven't processed it all, but, you know, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, he's not even the, yeah, he's not even the sixth best tight end to take him in the sixth round. I think is is crazy. So, but you know, I, I've seen crazier things work out for Kimber. It's been wild. He made the finals last year. That's true. <laughs> he didn't make the finals last year. Maybe I'm, maybe my, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm completely off base here, but 
I, I I don't know. That's that's my just my my first week assessment here. So now that we're done with Kimbert, let's let's break into the top eight now. So these are the folks that oh I guess I would kind of project to be more playoff teams or have a stronger chance at making the playoffs. And and coming at number eight, we have our newcomer Steve Macedo. I have him as my number eight uh, best draft in the league here. So my <laughs> reasoning behind that, I really. I really like Jones. That said, I'm really happy that he passed on Kamara and picked Jones instead. Uh, I was very happy to have... Because, I mean, if if he had taken Kamara, I would have taken Jones. Uh, but I'm glad that I got Kamara. Swift and Sanders have, I think, real boom upside. But I think there's a lot of volatility with those two backs. Uh, it, when they hit, you know, Steve could put up 140 points in a week. But he could also just as easily put up 75 points in a week with those three kind of as his main running backs. I'd like the mid-tier running uh, wide receiver value that he has there. Uh, T. Higgins, Thielen in the sixth, I think, is actually a pretty decent pick. And then Tyler Boyd later on. Uh, maybe a little bit too much investment in Cincinnati for my liking. But uh, a decent amount there. And I think Darren Waller just gives an advantage just in general. Maybe a little rich in the second round, but that t tight end advantage can be uh, a real strength there. So I don't know. Mikey, what do you think about that? Is there any point there that you want to harp on or any picks that you think stand out about Steve's draft? Uh, Yeah, I actually will disagree with you on this one. I actually think I would put him as a bottom out, outside the top eight uh, with his drafts. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, great pick. Like he's always undervalued, and when you're going uh, in the first round, like he definitely did well there. Um, I, yeah, the Cincinnati love, I really don't understand. It's like uh, Chris with getting the high-end trio uh, KC, and then like you know Cincinnati's just like the bottom feeder garbage. Like Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's coming off a. Uh, season-ending injury, which he's going to have to come back, uh, re revamp himself, you know, get the mental game back under his feet. And when we're in a one QB league, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow's probably like the 15 to 20 range. There was plenty of quarterbacks ahead of him that he could have drafted. So I really don't understand the Joe Burrow pick, in my opinion. And then to go with Higgins and Boyd, it's a little too much, especially when, you know, you're going to have a guaranteed uh, – three weeks where you're going to go up against top defenses and Ravens, uh, Steelers, and and also even the Browns. So he's going to have weeks where he's going to struggle with those. Obviously, Walters. Walter, it's going to be an advantage for him. Don't like Thielen, in my opinion, this year. I think he's only going to be regressing now that Justin Jefferson's a star over there. Um, that's just my opinion. And, yeah, you're going to have up and down weeks from his other running backs there, like Miles Sanders and uh, and Swift as well. So. I'm not too high on on this team. I think he's going to have a lot of ups and downs, and he's probably going to have more downs than up weeks, in my opinion. Danny, anything you disagree with, Mikey, there? Anything you want to touch on? I think Cincinnati has a lot of upside. Uh, so I, I don't fault him for going after some players, but I, I do kind of agree with Mikey where I, I, don't, I wouldn't have drafted both Higgins and Boyd. Uh, I think that's – I probably would have skipped on Boyd there. Um. And then, yeah, taking his fourth wide receiver in Gallup instead of, 
you know, the in my eyes, the last two good quarterbacks on the board were there at Tannehill and Stafford. I think he probably could have had one of those. And then instead of starting, you know, Joe Burrow, like Mikey said, is is a little risky, I feel like, as your QB one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like DeAndre Swift this year, though. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not huge on Sanders. I think he, he, he has real bust potential this year, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would say mid-tier for this one, for sure. So where are we at, eight? Yeah, we're uh, at number eight right now. I, I haven't gone through everyone like you, so I haven't compared them. So I, I'm just making notes on the points that you've made, which I agree with for the most part. And, and I know you didn't like the Sony Michelle pick in the seventh round, which you didn't say, but... Debate me. Debate me on Sony Michelle. Okay. Where do you want to start? Because again, I, maybe we're just going more... Maybe I'm going more eye tests versus numbers or something yeah. like that. But, like, I, I, I just can't get behind the idea of Sony Michelle being a lead back in a Sean McVay offense. I just don't think he fits that role at all. I think Daryl Henderson, as a pass catcher, has way more upside than Sony Michelle does. And I think he's also a better runner than Sony Michelle. I think there's a lot of met- – from what I, – I can't pull anything off the top of my head – I remember Pro Football Focus had Daryl Henderson as like really high in elusive ratings and was a really good runner. So I don't see Sony Michelle in any regard as an upgrade over Daryl Henderson, and I don't understand why he would be a threat. But Danny, pr- provide the counterpoint there. So I'll provide two points. What one? Uh, everything that the Rams have done have shown you that they don't love Daryl Henderson as a main back. They drafted Daryl Henderson, what, is in the third round, and then they drafted Akers the following year. Why would you do that? That makes no sense. Unless you, if you believe in that guy that you drafted, you wouldn't do that. So they drafted Akers, first of all. That, I think that's an indictment on, on uh, Henderson, for sure. Um, and then they didn't have to bring in another running back, um, but they did. And they brought in Sony, who I think... His major downside is his injury. He has, he's kind of similar to, to the previous running back they had there, right, in Gurley, where he has like this g- degenerative knee issue. Um, but when he does play, he was actually really good last year. They, uh, he didn't get many rushes last year, but he think he averaged, like, I'm just looking it up, 5.7 yards per attempt last year, which is pretty high. So he's been pretty efficient with the rushes that he gets. And in a Sean McVay offense, running backs – get pretty good looks generally like that most running backs do well um and i'm pretty sure he's going to be the goal line back there i I think he's a he's a bigger runner henderson's more of like like you said like pass catcher so i i think if anything him and him and henderson are similar in terms of i think their potential in that offense so getting him two rounds later i think is completely fair I don't think I disagree with much what you say. I I don't know. I think I just watched too much Sony Michelle just running into a wall of dudes. Uh like I I the, the fact that you telling me that he had 5.7 yards per carry last year is astounding to me because my my dominant image of Sony Michelle in my mind is just running into a stacked box uh because I guess the pat like the pats were really bad at like really foretelling what they would do with their plays like if sony michelle was in they were running but if someone else was in they were throwing so maybe that's coloring my opinion a bit 
So, I, I, you know, I can own up to this. But in that case, I think that makes Steve's draft look even better because then he has at least that, that person that can maybe fill in for a Miles Sanders and can be some potential trade fodder uh, for another wide receiver to maybe fill in that role there. Again, th- this is my bias here, valuing running backs pretty much over everything in our league. I have a, I have a crazy thought here. A crazy thought. Let's hear it. I think Todd Gurley is going to be a Ram again before you know it. I have extreme doubts about that. Zero chance of that happening. (laughs) One, Daryl Henderson. Why would they bring him back? Because Daryl Henderson is is injury prone. Xavier Jones just got out, uh, I believe, for the season. Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson are both injury prone. And if one of them goes down, they're going to need depth. And if you know... And the Ravens just signed literally every single veteran in the book. So. And, and, they, and they didn't sign Todd Gurley. And they didn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. sign Todd Gurley. Fair point. And I, I think if anything, like, I, I could, I, I see a higher chance of, like, Adrian Peterson going there. Like, you know, enough, like someone yeah. that still has, like, you know, a, two knees. Kiki Barber is going to leave the broadcast booth and get back in there. That's going to happen before Todd Gurley gets in there. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's your chance. All right, let's move on to number seven then. Uh, and with number seven, it is the manager of a stable of electric dudes. I've got John's <laughs> draft here at number seven. Now, my thinking behind John's draft, I mean, Derrick Henry is a very easy and obvious third overall pick. I think that works great. And I love Chris Carson behind him. At the, the offensive coordinator and Pete Carroll all seem to say they want to run more. Uh, so Carson is there, is is good. That said, you know, I know that seems to counteract a bit with the Metcalf pick. I don't know if I love that necessarily more than... I know, you know, I'd still take Metcalf as the best available wide receiver in the second round where he was picking. Uh, I really enjoyed the wide receivers there. Definitely some high variance, I think. As we saw, you know, Mike Evans only putting up, I think, 3.6 points last week. But I think Mike Evans could put up huge weeks. I think OBJ could be primed to really have a big year. I think, I, I said this in the draft, I think Juju Smith-Schuster in the ninth round might be the best value in the draft or one of the best values in the draft. Uh, U. Smith is probably a pretty decent pick that late. I think that's probably the best tight end pick of all those kind of mid-tier ones. And uh, Tom Brady is going to keep Bradying. You know, he's got a full year now with this Tampa Bay offense, and I see him being a good quarterback out there. So I, I would predict John to be a playoff team fairly easy here. I don't know if I love every single pick that he made, or, you know, the Gaskin pick I'm pretty hard out on, but I still think there's enough value that he got out of this that I think he had a pretty good draft out of this. Danny, what do you think about John's draft? So just coming out of the conversation that we had, if you think Henderson and Michelle are going to split time and neither of them are going to be super valuable. How would that change your opinion? The thing is, I don't think that the thing is, I think that Daryl Henderson is still going to have the majority of the work there. I I think I, I, if I were him, I would rather have picked Gus Edwards. I mean, he lucked out on it, but Gus Edwards was going to get a lot of work and that was not necessarily guaranteed with Henderson. I, I think I disagree with you on Evans and Beckham. I, I think Evans last year was solely fueled by touchdowns. He had like, I don't even know how many yards he had, but I don't think it was very many. Um, Over a thousand. He just scraped a thousand. 
Yeah, but like for being dropped there, I think, and in that crowded offense, I, I, when we touch on my team, I'll talk about that. But I, I just I'm not in love with him. I think I'd rather have Godwin, especially, um, and Beckham. He's still recovering from the ACL. He's probably he might not even play in the first game, and that offense is a running offense. I know it's the seventh round, but I mean, I think I'd rather have like Chenault or something. With higher, I think he has higher upside than, okay. than Beckham. I don't know if I agree with that, but fair enough. But, okay, well, Mike, Mikey, are you are you more leaning towards Danny's side here, or are you are you more on my side here? Uh, I actually like his team, to be honest. Uh, I think it's it's like I, I like obviously Henry Carson as a one-two punch is pretty decent. Um, I actually like uh, like as an RB three on his team, like Henderson or Gaskin, both of them can be a pretty good uh, flex options on a weekly basis for him. And you can pick and choose based off the matchup. Um, and, and, you know, Evans, I'm not high on Evans. I will agree with Danny. I'm not high on Evans, like, you know, for what he's going to be in a crowded uh, offense there. Um, he's going to live and die by the touchdown, essentially, as, you know, your WR2 and how high you have to pick him. I probably would have picked Godwin there. Uh, and to be honest, like, you know, even where I was coming in my draft, like, I, I didn't even want to touch either of those for where they were going in the draft. Like, you, I would rather go with the value of, like, Antonio Brown at that point. And, like, clearly you saw even just off the first game last night how all three are being utilized. Like, it's just going to be uh, Brady picking and choosing which week who he's going to target more, to be honest. So at, at that round, I probably would have steered and went somewhere else. Jonu Smith, I was he was one of my guys I would like to go for as a tight end in the late rounds. I think that's a great pick. Um, yeah, and I think I agree with Juju. I think uh, for where he fell for him in the ninth round, that was a great pick. I, I think overall he he drafted pretty well. He has some risk uh, tied to like you know like let's say Evans, you know Carson's injury prone, but for the most part he drafted well. I, I think he'll be a playoff team. You know, I'm going to push back on both of your points about Evans here. So you guys have both talked about him being touchdown dependent. But at the same time, it's hard to not imagine this Tampa Bay offense putting up a ton of touchdowns as the year goes on, especially if their running game is inexistent because clearly Arians doesn't love any of Jones or Fournette or Bernard out there. So the idea that Evans is going to depend on touchdowns all three of those wide receivers are going to depend on touchdowns. And this week, you know, we had A.B. and Godwin. Like Mikey said, I think it could just as easily next week, Mike Evans could put up 150 yards and two touchdowns. I think that's just as likely. Would I, would, would I rather have Godwin than Evans? I think I would. I don't think it's like a huge drop in value. Uh, but so I'm, I'm going to push back on the idea that Mike Evans is not going to be uh, a solid return on value there. I think Mike Evans is going to be just fine as the year goes on. And, and you know, the recency bias of week one, I, I don't want to let that kind of color my, my view here. But uh, let me just say this. As a third-round pick and and the wide receivers that are in that range, I would have... Fourth-round like, pick. Or even fourth-round. I, I think I would rather go for somebody that gives me more consistency than the ups and downs. And there was a lot of wide receivers out there that can give you that. That's just my I mean, opinion. Look, look, looking after, I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, but let's move on to our next person regardless. Uh, coming in at number six. 
we have someone who actually probably had a pretty good day yesterday. Coming at number six, I've got Nick Pacheco's team coming up here. Uh, main reasons being, uh, I think Nick Pacheco has the best wide receivers in the league. I think Hopkins, Godwin, Anderson, and Judy make up the best stable of wide receivers of anyone in our league. Uh, I think Saquon at that value could be really good. I think Saquon, I mean, we know Saquon easily has a top five upside, even a top three upside. Uh, so the fact that he was able to get him that late, I think is pretty strong on his end. Uh, Mark Andrews, especially now that with these Baltimore running back injuries, I think they'll have to rely on the pass game more so I could see Andrews getting involved there. And I just really like that quarterback combo. Like, even if he doesn't end up using both of them, like, I think Rodgers or Lance could be some really tasty trade bait and at least make for, like, some fun weeks of watching football. Like, that's maybe just maybe outside of fantasy. But I just really enjoyed it. You know, with with the Andrews pick, I don't know if I like Andrews that much more than, than Hawkinson, who I got, even maybe more than Pitts. But uh, I think... I think there's some really there's a strong backbone of this team, and it will at least be one of the funner teams uh, to manage in this year's league. Uh, Mikey, anything that stands out to you amongst any of those position players there for Nick? Uh, I think where he got Godwin was an absolute steal. I think he got him. What was it in the fifth or sixth? Yeah, was it right at like the the fourth fifth round turn? Yeah, that that was an absolute steal. But I will agree. I absolutely do love the depth in Anderson and Judy as his three, four combo in the wide receiver. Uh, I think they're both going to ball out this year and they're going to go above their ADP. Um, And he has good, good depth in that position. And if Barkley can ball out this year and stay healthy. Yeah. He he has a good team. He he'll, he can definitely be a playoff contender. Now, Danny, as our resident Chicago fan here, (laughs) Montgomery is the pick that I am the most iffy on of Nick's draft, should I be that iffy on him or am I being pessimistic on Montgomery? I would have taken some other running backs that went after him before. I would have taken DeAndre Swift, I think, before Montgomery. I I, I don't mind Montgomery because especially with Tariq Cohen's out, he's going to get a lot of volume. But I think Damian Williams, who Mikey picked up just now, is going to split some of the work too. Um, And our O-line is absolute shit right now. So I I do think he's going to have some problems um, with with Montgomery. I think he's going to be very volatile. Um, I, I will challenge you on some other points, though. I, I did completely disagree on his wide receiver core being the best in the league. I think, Ooh. I think, I don't know how you can say, I think mine is pretty good, but I, I think Tony's is better. I don't know how you can say Keenan Allen and Mark Cooper, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Ayuk is not better than those four. Okay, that's, that's fair. I, okay, I can, I can, yeah, I mean, I'm not as high on Ayuk, I think, as uh, you might be. I, I feel a little bit, uh, I know he flashed amazingly last year. Uh, I'm curious to see what he looks like in this year's offense. But you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with you too much on there. I could probably see uh, Tony's stable there being better. I think, I like Hopkins as the high end there quite a bit more. Hopkins and, and Allen are actually relatively similar. Uh, and they, he got him a whole round later, basically. I don't like, know if I feel that way. They're whole, they're target magnets, like both of them, right? Mm, I mean, I don't disagree, but I, I see Hopkins as upside in, with Arizona and with uh, Kyler there way better than uh, Allen and Herbert. But okay, we that that's maybe just sure. a matter of opinion. Anyways, but I also think that I I, I do 
like Trey Lance. I, I'm not 100% sure that he's actually even going to play this year because it, I feel like it's going to be like um, a home situation in his first year where, you know, they just won every game and there was no reason to switch it up. I, I have a feeling that's going to be what San Francisco uh, does this year. And in the ninth round, I just don't think the value is there. I think you could, he could have gotten him full two or three rounds later. I would agree with you there, 100%. I, I don't think I, I, I think we will see Lance this year. I don't, I don't envision a 49ers team that just steamrolls over the rest of the league that they don't need to play Lance. I, I saw a very compelling article the other day that mimicked kind of the, uh, the, the, the 49ers run where they started off with Alex Smith and then switched to Colin Kaepernick later in the year. And I found that kind of very. Uh, intrigue me that's just like me buying into narratives a bit too much i think we will see lance i think he could be really really fun at the end of the fantasy year and be a surprising value but i i agree with you there that he probably could have got him a couple picks later but i just think lance is so fun i i, I had a hard time knocking it i think this is a i think i like chris's or i like nick's team rather with my heart more than i do with my brain <laughs> um, it seems like a fun team to manage it's a team that i would like to manage no, I'm with you. Um, I also, I like Judy. I'm not so on Anderson this year. Because um, now that they have Terrace Marshall there, I think they actually have a, 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 just a actually really good third guy. I know Curtis Samuel was good, but... Uh, and a new quarterback. It felt like Bridgewater just like hyper-targeted Anderson. And, and in the preseason, it looked like he was actually targeting DJ Moore more, uh, a little bit more this year. So... We'll see how that shakes I agree up. with that just because they paid him a lot of money to come back. Like, they they, they paying him as, like, a top 12 wide receiver. And also, he's going to be pairing up with uh, with Darn, uh, with his uh, Jets boy over there. So, I don't know. They, they wouldn't pay him that much money if they wouldn't be feeding him the ball. That's my thinking, too. I can see yeah. Robbie Anderson maintaining his production from last year, if not even ticking that up a little bit. That's why I'm, I'm pretty high on him. But I, I can hear there's... I can definitely hear the arguments uh, against Nick's wide receiver corpse there. Well, with that in mind, let's go to number five here. This is who I think has the fifth best draft in this league. And we're going to go with someone who seems to be a, a perennial favorite in the final four here. We're going to go with Taras as my number five pick in this uh, draft here. Now, things about Taras's draft. Chubb and Harris, I think, is really nice as a one-two punch. I think there's... A lot of upside there. Harris seems to be very clearly set up to have a huge workload out there. Very strong one, too. Uh, George Kittle, I, I talked about this with Steve on the earlier pod. I think George Kittle's a bit undervalued at this point. I think he's of similar value to Darren Waller uh, because of just his skill level and his talent level and how he'll, he could be targeted in this offense. So I think getting him in the middle of the third was a very good value. Like he was, I was taking him if he was available to me. Kyler Murray, going to be a high upside guy. Love him. Think he's going to be great. And then the wide receivers are very clearly where Taras is a little bit, not, not even a little bit, but he is lacking here. Deontay Johnson, really, really like. I think Deontay Johnson's a great value in the fifth round. I don't love taking Michael Thomas in the sixth round. I think that's quite poor value, to be frank. And you're really betting a lot and wasting a lot of draft capital in the sixth round on that. But DJ Chark, Michael Pittman, 
even potentially Henry Ruggs. I don't love him on Raw St. Brown. I think any of those guys could potentially return, you know, wide receiver two or three value in the draft. So I think I could see Taras having a, a pretty solid year here, especially if Michael Thomas actually does return and has himself a good year. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on that? Am I am I too optimistic about Taras, or am I about the right amount of optimism? I I, I would say yes. I, I think there are some teams that are ranked lower that I like a little bit better. Um, I, I think Kittle is great, and I think if Kittle does is Kittle, his, his team will make the playoffs just because of that. I think um, just because of the positional value. I, I actually don't really like Nick Chubb at seven, personally. I know he was going to go around there anyways, but he's so hyper-efficient and doesn't catch that many passes that you need him to maintain that hyper-efficiency. And if he has an off game, he'll have a really bad game. I know he hasn't done that yet, but it just seems like crazy. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if he can sustain it. But uh, I like Najee, so I, I do think his his two solid running backs are, are Kittle and Murray and Johnson. I agree. The first five picks that he made will probably take him to the playoffs. I, I mean, at least eight for sure. Um, and yeah, I think his wide receivers need a lot of work for like one hundred percent. He probably has bottom three wide receivers. I say I would say in the league. Um, I would agree with that. Um, but I mean, Fournette could actually get some work there. I mean, I think it's going to be a committee all year, so it's going to be a nightmare to decide when to play him. So, to your point too, though, right? Like he only has two running backs that are decent. I know most people do, but and you were talking about three running backs, and you're discounting other teams because they didn't have anything outside of their first two, right? So I could still see Fournette and David Johnson filling enough of a role there to potentially return some RB2 value. I can still see it, because I, I know David Johnson gets a lot of hate, and I think validly so, but it's just like, to, I just keep thinking, who the fuck else is there in Houston that has any even sign of being a good player? And David Johnson is one of the few guys that has at least been a good player at some point in his career. So I have a hard time not seeing that David Johnson could at least return some... It, some vague idea of a flex value potentially i i, I that is really a crapshoot because they have mark ingram there too and he's not even drafted and he is apparently the starter uh <laughs> so go know, pick I, him that's, up that's something about <laughs> fantasy like he's listed as a starter potentially but like yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like it but that, i mean that's gonna be a nightmare i i think i actually think Lindsay could could take the role like the more valuable touches i would say in the past game they're they're going to be behind a lot, right? So I think Lindsay would get the more valuable role. They're not going to be at the goal line a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't see that much upside. I think he could be, you know, his upside is like an RB3 in my eyes. But um, Which, if you have Chubb and Najee Harris, that might be all you need. But that's, a, but that's like best case scenario, which I don't think right. is going to happen. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Mikey, is there any position that you want to touch on? I know Danny talked a lot about wide receiver there. Uh, anything that you want to touch on there? Yeah, like when I look at his team, I, I like you know the the screaming concern would be that wide receiver corpse. Like obviously he has a like a top three quarterback. I, I do like the one two punch of Chib, uh, Chubb and, and Harris for sure. Uh, I would say Kittle is being a little undervalued. Valued, I would agree with you, but. 
the fact that your number one wide receiver is a WR2 at best um, is pretty concerning. Um, he's going to have to hope and pray that Michael Thomas comes back at some point um, to kind of return that value. Uh, but yeah, like his wide receiver corpse will definitely need some work. Um, cause I don't know if his running back with Kittle's upside and Murray is going to lead him to the playoffs alone. Like he's going to, he's going to need the upside of Pittman and you got to hope that Carson Wentz is, is, uh, competent enough to really make Pittman a true, uh, like, you know, like a WR2 value probably for this year. Because Pittman's talented. He really is talented. I, w- I would target him, too. Um, but I-, I-, I do not like DJ Shark this year. He- the- as good as Lawrence is, it's a rookie quarterback. And it's kind of a crowded field there. You know, and Marvin Jones is probably going to be the number one wide receiver in that field. And then you Thank got, you very much. in my opinion, like you-, you saw the chemistry between uh, Jones and Lawrence in the, in the preseason already. So I-, I don't know if DJ Shark will ball out enough and consistently to return that value as his WR2. Um, he, he, he has good upside, but I, I think he's going to struggle to push into the playoffs if he doesn't manage his wide receivers throughout the season. I think that's fair. And that, that idea of managing wide receivers actually plays in a little bit to what we'll see with the, the final four teams that I have here. Cause I was, I was talking to Mikey about this in text, but it, to my mind, wide receiver two is the easiest position to fill on a fantasy roster. Uh, and that kind of plays into a bit of my views here. Uh, but I won't try and give away too much as we go on. Let's move on to our number four team here. And we're finally going to talk about a team that is managed by a player that's here on the podcast. At number four, I have Field of Wet Dreams Danny DiCarvalho here slotted in at number four. Now, okay. my reasoning behind this, I, I, yesterday, notwithstanding, Elliot's going to ball out. I think Elliot's going to be great. And if Javante Williams hits the heights that it sounds like he might, I think that's going to be an incredibly valuable one-two punch at running back. Uh, I really like uh, the wide receiver trio there. That's like, I'd like the, I feel like it's got a very, very high floor. I feel like you're not going to have to worry about any of those three wide receivers. Part of me questions a little bit about ceiling, but I think the high floor there is really, really uh, stable. Uh, Justin Herbert and Justin Fields, very, very fun QB combo. Just as fun as Robert Rogers and uh, Lance there. Absolutely love it. And uh, Logan Thomas is my favorite value of that tier of tight ends after those kind of top six that we have there. So I think getting Logan Thomas in the ninth round there is excellent value there. I, I like him a lot, a lot, a lot. So rather than letting, let's let Mikey talk about Danny's team first, and then we'll let Danny react to both of us here. Uh, Mikey, what are your thoughts on Danny's team? Actually, I like his team a lot. Like he, I told him he kind of sniped me on some of my picks. I was aiming for a, a if Hilaire wasn't there, I was 100% going to go for AJ Brown. And I also wanted CD Lamb too coming back in the third. Um, I, I actually think he has the best quad wide receiver group in our draft with both Browns, Lockett, and Lamb. I think that's hands down the best one in our draft for sure. 
Um, Elliot is going to ball out. I do like Elliot this year. I think he is uh, gone to shape and he looks a little bit faster despite yesterday, which even though the numbers didn't uh, show in yesterday's game, like he actually blocked the shit out of guys yesterday for Prescott. Like he did a fantastic job actually uh, blocking. And, you know, well, that's what's going to keep him on the field. Uh, I think Danny's only weakness that uh, he'll need to work on is that RB2 situation. He has to hope that, you know, as the season goes on, Williams actually um, becomes an RB2 or with that upside and, and flourishes and kind of takes Melvin Gordon out of the picture. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, I think that's where his biggest challenge is going to be um, if his team stays healthy. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think those are all quite good points. Uh, Danny, I'm not going to really prompt you with anything here. You, you just tell us a little bit about your draft here. Like, what were you thinking? What picks were you super happy with? Tell us a bit about how your draft went. So going into it, uh, I kind of was expecting to go hero RB, which basically is like one RB and then not take one for three or four rounds. I really wanted Waller, uh, but uh, Steve took him from me. so. Uh, I, I felt like the three wide receivers there were going to be were just more solid than the running backs in that range. Um, so I, I was okay with that. I'm, I was ecstatic to get Javonta Williams in the fifth. I think I started the, the running back run after that. I think after that, there was basically no great running backs. Um, so I feel good about starting that. And I'm with, yeah, I think I do agree with Logan Thomas. I think I had him rated high, basically right after Hawkinson. So to get him that late i feel good about um and my strategy for late round uh was i had my wide receiver set i didn't think i needed a fifth one that i was really never going to play so i just wanted to take dart throws at running backs <laughs> which is why i got totally both fair. of the the, the jets guys because i'm hoping i think tevin coleman is dust and i'm hoping one of these guys uh kind of takes the lead and then you know we never know with uh tony jones i think uh Latavius Murray had 170 touches last year, and that's completely vacated. So I think getting him late, he, you know, he has an RB3 floor, I feel like. So I feel like I'm okay with that in the 14th. RB3 floor maybe feels okay. strong. RB, but... RB, yeah, that's fair. I think, he's, I think he, he could have some decent weeks, I guess. Yeah, in that, spots, I would agree with that. 100%. Starts. Yeah. Yeah, those like, again, uh, the backup running backs, I think... There's there's some fun variance happening there. Like, if 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 Devin Singletary gets injured, Zach Moss looks great. If Michael Carter shows out and makes the other running backs look dumb, that value is great. I think there's a lot of upside on your team. I really like your team, and frankly, I will be surprised if your team doesn't make the playoffs. And if it doesn't, I will blame only you for your poor management. <laughs> um, so just be ready for that when that happens. If if it doesn't, it's because Javonta Williams didn't do well i think i think that's going to be that's what my season rides on is my rb2 situation so we'll see which again is is not uncommon i think that's a situation that frankly a lot of people are are in that position which is why i think rbs are so important yep so with that in mind let's look at our number three and again this is a person who based on their team makeup arguably may not or shouldn't sound that great by my rankings but i it's hard to disagree with a top three of Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes. I'm taking Chris here at number three, mainly because, I mean, that stack is just insane. 
like if if Kansas City ever has bad games, he's obviously having a bad week. But how often does Kansas City have bad games? And I actually really think there's some good bets there uh, with those mid round wide uh, running backs that he has. I think Mike Davis at that range is very very good. I think he's going to soak up a lot of volume in Atlanta. I think Raheem Mostert, uh, again if he stays healthy, can be really really excellent. Chase Edmonds could show out who knows what james connor will look like in that offense but chase edmonds i mean they they kept him over Kenyon drake so i think that might mean something uh and again like i i think if you're every week you're starting i mean wide receiver two is definitely the weak point on his roster but again i've i've made it clear in some of my my dealings here that i think wide receiver two is is an easy position to fill so i think there's just like a super super high upside here with all those Mahomes passes going to Kelsey and Hill and being able to soak up all those points, I think Chris has a, a pretty easy path to the playoffs here. Danny, do you agree with that? Am I am I maybe putting too much uh, value in the Kansas City offense? What do you think? This is This is probably the one team I think is the most polarizing. I... I... I wouldn't be surprised if you came in here and told me he wasn't a playoff team. I, I think, obviously, top three, great, right? Like, that, that's amazing. Um, but he needs those three to carry him. I, I don't think any of his other players have RB1 or WR1 upside at all. So... Like, his wide receiver situation outside of Tyreek Hill is, is pretty rough. I, Devonta Smith, sure, has upside. I think he could be good, but I'm not 100% sold on him. Callaway? Callaway, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, we'll see. That, that situation, I, I do really like Callaway that late, for sure. Um, but again, like, as a WR2, I'm not 100%, because like, that's what he would have to be. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I think his running backs are... are very weak. I, I do agree with you that there's upside there. I think Mostert, while he's healthy, is going to be great. But, I, I mean, I think that's a risky bet to make, that he'll be healthy. Um, I just think he has, like, a team of RB, RB2s, basically, which is okay. Yeah, and to, that's why, to my mind, I think a team of RB2s paired with Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes is is enough. I think that's enough. And I also made in my notes that this is the most high-variance team, so I, yeah. I completely agree with you that it could be, you know, a top three team, but could also be a non-playoff team. I, I'm 100% there with you, but I just, the upside just seems too, too, too tantalizing to me. Mikey, do you, are, are you a fan of that upside, or are you uh, more, more worried along Danny's lines? Uh, yeah, definitely the most polarizing team. And to be honest, I don't know if I would stack them as a third. I think we've talked about other teams just recently that I would probably put above Chris's. Uh, I, it, it, the thing is with the team is, like, yeah, you live and die, obviously, by the Chiefs over there. But, you know, Raheem, Raheem is great as he is when he's on the field, but we all know he's not playing 16 games in this season. Do we all know that, though? Do we? Well, if you trust history, and re- history usually repeats itself, I, 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 can, I can agree he won't play, six, he won't play 16 games. Um, I, I will tell you this though: if if uh, if Aaron Jones, God forbid, actually goes down, I think he has the best handcuff uh, uh, in the whole entire league. And 
he uh, has some potential upside, but I think Kites is better. Handcuff. I want I want to get away from using that term handcuff. I don't really like it, but I agree. I think I think AJ Dillon is a super 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 high upside backup. Like on, on obviously one of the best offensive scoring teams in the league, and then he he's a super uber talented running back himself. Like if he was on any other teams, like half the league, half the half the teams in the league, he would probably be a starting running back. Um, yeah, it's going to be polarizing. It's going to be fun to watch this team because I think they can easily get 80 points in a week or 150. So <laughs> it'll be fun to see his team uh, on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, agreed. So we're, we're down to the final two here. And I actually have these two teams equaled out. And if you've been paying attention, you know who these two teams are. And I just I mainly did this just to set myself up as the villain again this year, but I also really enjoyed it. So I have both Mikey and I tied as having the best drafts out of this uh, year. And I am really, really excited to hear Danny and Mikey tell me why I had a bad draft. But let's start with Mikey first, uh, just for the sake of entertainment here. So with Mikey's draft, I actually, you know, I think you drafted the best one, two, three running backs in our league. Gus Edwards' injury was really devastating. I did, in fact, I made these rankings before the injury, and I still hold them even with the injury. But, I, I again, Cook, Clyde, and Gus, I thought, was the best trio that we had. I think McLaurin, Woods, Claypool, and Davis is an incredibly strong depth of wide receiver. Uh, not necessarily a huge high upside. I do really like Terry McLaurin, but he's not going to have the high upside of some other of those uh, potential wide receiver ones. But I think Woods, Claypool, and Davis all have wide receiver two potential, at, at, or at the very least, a wide receiver three floor. Tanyan, I'm a little worried about for his touchdown regression, uh, just because I, you know, it's gonna. Yeah, I think he caught something like seven touchdowns on like 35 passes. I'm I'm making up numbers, but it was something pretty ridiculous like that. And Tannehill as the late round QB there. Tannehill, I think, is gonna return the value that you picked for him. Uh, and some of that late round value too in Myers and Madison and Rager, you know, having those backups there. I think that makes for a team that not only will, I think, make the playoffs, but but could challenge. Without Gus, it might be a little bit difficult, but I think this team will still have an easy time making the playoffs. Uh, Danny, I'll go to you first. Uh, anything that you want to comment on there? Anything that may be too optimistic on there? No, I agree. I think he drafted drafted the three best uh what running backs for sure and i do really like uh i think his wide receivers are good enough like i think they're you know top half a my favorite pick that mikey got was probably Tannehill in the ninth i really like him this year and i'm kind of wish that my draft kind of plant panned out that way where i was ballsy enough to wait and get Tannehill that late so that that I mean, um, kudos to Mikey for for grabbing him there, and I, yeah, I do think he has some really high upside players. I, I'm not 100% sold on on Madison, even as a, a straight backup. I don't think he, even if he gets Cook gets hurt, I don't think he'll come close to what Cook does. Um, so I mean, he's okay there, but I'm just not as sold on him. Uh, but yeah, no, I I do think Mikey Mikey's team is definitely top half and. I, I, I'm not 100% sure it's first, but I can see I'm 100% sure that, you know, he's top half for sure. Okay. One, one small th- note I'll make there before we go to 
uh, Mikey's reaction on his draft uh, was just that, you know, I don't think Alexander Madison has to recur, return Cook value to do that, I suppose. I mean, granted, the fact that he took him to be the backup to Cook in case he falls down, I guess that kind of makes it a bit iffy there. Um, but, you know, obviously still worth the pick. But, yes, I, I can definitely agree with that for sure. Um, Mikey, tell us about your draft. How did you feel about it? What did you like? What did you dislike? Tell us about your draft. Uh, honestly, like, I I, I don't, didn't think I would be ranked this high, and even in your perspective. But I, I think I drafted well enough in the sense of, like, just having an all-around balanced team. I definitely feel felt before the injury very strong and confident in my trio of running backs, AK, why I pretty much only drafted Thumb and Madison. Um, and I, I did really like my trio of wide receivers too. Like I, I know I, to be honest, I didn't want to target McLaurin. I was kind of hoping for an AJ Brown or a Robinson um, kind of like as my WR one, but they both kind of went uh, before I drafted. So I took McLaurin. I, I still like him, obviously, with better quarterback plays. He's going to have the best quarterback he's seen in his career. So it, it, it's only upside there. Same with Robert Woods. Um, I had Robert Woods last year, and I can definitely say he's a super uber safe pick. Like, he's a, a for, sure, for, uh, for sure fire R, WR2 with WR1 upside. Um, I love Quaypool this year. I think he has mega... Uh, potential up ceiling like I think he can be a WR2 this year as well maybe the only pick that I'm not a fan of that I took myself was Robert Tunyon where he was I could have maybe waited a little bit more uh, to get like a Tyler Higby but my thinking was do I really want Higby and Woods uh, on the same time playing or like do I take that risk potential of waiting almost 24 picks and both of those guys aren't there so, you know, I took it. I think, I think he'll still get the touchdowns there with, uh, in that Green Bay offense. Like, you know, if Rodgers throws for 40 touchdowns and, you know, you expect maybe 15 to go to, uh, to Adams, like, you know, the touchdowns are going to have to go somewhere else. And we've seen that Rodgers kind of has a fetish for him now in the red zone. So, uh, you know, take your chances in that position at that point. Um, now the biggest challenge is obviously going to be what am I going to do in, my RB situation with Gus Edwards out for the year. But you know what? Like I said, like last year we drafted and Galladay went out for injury literally the next day. Was I drafted as my WR1 and I made things manage and work out. So, I, you know, it's the beginning of the season. So I'll figure that part out as we go. This is just a fun note that the somewhat drunk Daniel just made is looking at our league this year. There's a fun number of teams that drafted people with the same last names. Like, I have two <laughs> Williamses. Danny has two A. Browns. Mikey, you drafted two Edwardses. Like, I'm just finding that very entertaining just by itself. Um, <laughs> but I, I, oh, I, I, I'm there with you 100%. I, I, yeah, Tonyan's probably my least favorite pick of the bunch that you had there. But I think the, the floor that you have built for yourself... Uh, is a pretty high floor that I would be surprised if you didn't get into the playoffs. And so that that leaves one one manager only. I don't want to talk about my draft. I think I more want to go on the defensive a bit. And I feel like, Danny, you are probably ready to tear into me here. So, Danny, I want to let you – I want to open the floor for you to tear into my draft and tell me why I am way too high on my team. So – 
Okay, you may be surprised. I do really like your team, and I think you drafted well. And I would actually agree with you that I think you did have the best draft. So don't let it all go to your head. Don't let it all go to your head. But uh, I do think I would have personally changed one pick in particular, uh, at least. And that's James Robinson in the third round. Uh, I don't really like that. I don't think... That he's going to get. Gone Carson and Swift instead. Yeah, I think I probably would have gone a wide receiver there, uh, with who was there on the board. Um, yeah, like I mean, I drafted C. Lamb obviously over Carson, but uh, I, I, I Robinson, I think he was completely volume dependent last year. He got basically all of the work, and it's a different coaching regime this year. And I think uh, passing offense should be better and. I think Carlos Hyde is going to get a frustratingly amount, frustrating amount of work that you're going to hate Carlos Hyde. Um, so that's the only pick I think that I would have changed. I think everything else, I, I am jealous at the value that fell to you. I would say that Josh Allen in the fourth is great. Hawkinson in the fifth is great. Damian Harris in the sixth is great. J- uh, Jamar Chase like dropped like a rock, fell to the seventh, which is really good. Uh, I think he obviously is very high upside. And then um, after that, you I don't know about Jamal Williams either, but I-, I do like you know your last four position players too. I think um, Pollard, Jones, and Williams obviously will now uh, we're good. Uh, Bateman, I'm I really 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 like as a talent. I'm just not sold on his year this year i think uh he that's a running offense with lamar jackson and he's you know injured right now in the ir so i'm just not sure that he's gonna actually do well but you know as a 13th round pick you can't really you know nitpick there so i was gonna say the primary reason i took bateman there was just to be an il stash because all the other wide receivers that i really wanted like the kind of high upside guys that i kind of was interested were already taken so I just figured I would put uh, Bateman on the the IL and then uh, basically pick another wide receiver. So I, I agree with you. There's definitely a chance that Bateman doesn't do anything. But just to be an IR stash, like, why the hell not? That was my thinking. Yeah, no, I get that. I, th- I think that makes sense. And I, I think that especially now, I think you 100% have the deepest running backs, I guess, right? Because you have Kamara, Robinson... And Williams now, uh, like and Harris, and Harris, you're right. Yeah, I think that's going to be good for you. And obviously, I really like Hawkinson this year, so uh, that's going to be great. And obviously, Josh Allen is Josh Allen. So uh, and Kamara. So and Ridley. Ridley fell to you too, which was kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> but oh, uh, it's so gratifying to hear all that. Oh, I was I was honestly ready to hear you tell me why I wasn't going to have a good team, and to hear you say that just makes my heart just so full. It makes me very happy. I I I almost like. How do you know this isn't a strategy to just like bring you up just for you to like make it all come crawl, come crumbling down on you? <laughs> you know what? I hope it is. My hubris will and always will be my downfall. I I I, I know it will be. Mikey, can you can you take me down a notch here? Well, your WR2 sucks ass, so... <laughs> I don't agree. I don't agree. No, I joke. Ah. I, I will say that uh, I, I will agree with Danny that maybe a little bit of a reach on Robinson, but you definitely have the most depth in, in running back. I am uber jealous of the Hawkinson pick and Harris. Like, 
in I can't even tell you how many mock drafts I took in the fifth round in that second pack uh, second pick coming back to me Hawkinson in the fifth and I kind of was hoping for that to be honest it didn't though um, but I think that's a great pickup and great value in the fifth round that you got I think Harris is now with Jones. Uh, being the QB, like he's going to ball out because the biggest worry was like, you know, Cam taking those uh, goal line touches from him. So, you know, he's going to be a strong flex play every week for you. And yeah, like honestly, like if you can figure out, like the reason why I say Cooks is because I do not like Cooks, not the player, just the person throwing him the ball. Like I don't think Tyrod Taylor is competent enough to, to give him consistency. Hey, if Watson comes back, then by all means, you got to steal. But um, I think if you can play Russian roulette, hopefully Chase actually emerges as a good wide receiver in the league. Um, you, you just have an overall like round good team. Um, and, and you got some good value there. So you should have no problem sliding into the playoffs this year if everyone stays healthy. Yeah, I, I will say I think your horseshoe luck is like fucking ridiculous. And... <laughs> I, you just stumbling upon like an RB2 flex running back is like ridiculous to even start the season. So that that is just, and, and it's at the expense of Mikey, which sucks. Or was that galaxy brain strategy? It wasn't because a ton of people have backup running backs and it just happened to be yours. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that we'll see that. And that's probably going to help you, uh, obviously. So, that's trade bait that you can improve another position. Your your WR two maybe. So, you know, everything's coming yeah, up tight. Yeah. We'll see. Like I said, like my my view on our drafts in our league is that, uh, like I said, wide receiver two is the easiest position to fill in our draft. So I I was very happy waiting till the sixth and the seventh to kind of take that. Like most mock drafts that I had done, I would not have had a Josh Allen. Uh, or even a Kyler Murray, typically, because there would be a wide receiver that I wanted more there. Uh, but when it came to this time, there just wasn't. I, I had debated Deontay Johnson, because I'm, I'm quite high on Deontay Johnson this year. But Josh Allen just sitting there was really nice. And I you know what, Danny, you're probably right. I might be a little infuriated by Carlos Hyde. But at the same time, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just like hope that Urban Meyer saw James Robinson do decent things last year, and I don't, I don't think I would have taken Swift ahead of him. My main debate was between James Robinson and Carson. I, I, I was, I really agonized over that uh, as I was waiting for it, but I just kind of liked the idea of Robinson's upside. Harris, I think, will show up. Um, yeah, Marvin Jones in the eleventh round, I feel very, very good about. Uh, potentially being Trevor Lawrence's main targets, and obviously Tyson Williams, uh, you know, at least for now, being the de facto number one running back in Baltimore definitely helps. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty ecstatic about how my draft went. And even just Kamara coming to the sixth, I never expected Kamara to be available to me at the sixth overall pick. Like, the fucking, the dumb sleeper AI would make Kamara fall to the sixth sometimes. But I didn't think humans would allow that to happen. <laughs> are you calling um, us dumb? To be honest, yeah, that you're was all fucking abs- dumb. I'll be straight up. Y'all are kind of fucking dumb for letting Kamara fall. Danny, you're a little I, bit dumb for taking Elliot over Kamara. I'm not going to lie. I, oh, I 100% disagree. Do you want me to tell you why? Tell me why. I owned him last year, first of all. And I know 
what he's like when he's not with Drew Brees. Do you do you think no one dumps a ball off like Drew Brees? <laughs> he's not gonna do. He's he's gonna be good. I I I think he's great at six, but I I don't think he the offense is gonna be worse. He's not gonna Can get I, near nearly as many touchdowns, right? What's but my counterpoint is who else is there? But like, yeah, sure, Tony Jones. <laughs> <laughs> if, if your counterpoint to Kamara being no. better than Ezekiel Elliott is Tony Jones, I think we have a problem. No, uh, the reason why I went Zeke is because of I the offense. I think Dallas is going to score a ton of touchdowns this year, and I think Zeke is going to be a big part of that. I do not think that New Orleans is. I I actually would have. Taken. I don't. I think Henry was probably the least valuable pick uh, of the top six. I, I think Kamara should have went in the top five, and Henry should have went at six. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of not happy that he fell to you at six because I don't think he should have made it there. But you know, I, I, I'm not going to hate on Kamara. I think he's going to be great, but I don't think he's going to be the RB one. Or I, I think RB six is probably about right personally, but. Mikey, what do you think? Uh, I think it was an absolute steal. There was moments uh, throughout the preseason and offseason where I was contemplating and taking Kamara's number two instead of Cook. <laughs> uh, obviously, I didn't end up doing that, but uh, I thought he was going to be a surefire so, like, third or fourth pick. Let, let me ask you this. Do you, do you, what uh, is the likelihood that you see Taysom Hill playing some games this season? Uh, he will play some games, but maybe not as the quarterback. No, like as the starter. As the <laughs> as starter. A starter? Uh, I don't know. I, it's too hard to tell. It'll probably be going back and forth. If Winston doesn't, like if Winston shows uh, that he's still, you know, being the old Winston with throwing interceptions and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I see that. But the way Winston played on the preseason, which I was watching, he ain't the same Winston anymore. Like Peyton actually, like, sharpen this guy up like this guy actually learned that if he doesn't have a play to throw the ball away not just to throw it down the field so that's why in my opinion like that's why as a 14th pick i just threw it out there and i got winston because if winston if if he took that game if that part of his game away from winston who doesn't say winston can be a again like a top 12 qb in this league with that paid in offense I have a lot to say about what Mikey said, but I want Kaya, you haven't spoken in a while, so I want to hear what you have to say first. I no, I'm I'm there with him. I like I, I hear the concerns about New Orleans not being as good an offense. Uh I, I'm I am there with you on that. Again, my 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 big thing though is just volume wise. Like New Orleans has no one else to give the ball to. Like Marcus Callaway could be nice, but he's a crapshoot. You know, fucking Adam Troutman was everyone. Everyone had their heart on for Adam Troutman. And he's been fucking nothing. I just don't know who else gets the ball in New Orleans. And if that's the case, give me that running back all day, every day. I, whether it's even Jameis or Taysom Hill, I just, I just don't know who else the ball is going to. So I, I just, I can I, can I see the argument? For Aaron Jones and Elliott over Kamara, hundred percent. Danny, I, I I really do agree with you. I think Dallas is going to put up a ton of points. Elliott's going to put up a ton of points in that offense. I I'm I'm there with you. I can just just based on who's around, 
I just see Kamara still potentially having that ability to eclipse Elliott. I don't know if I can see him eclipsing Cook and McCaffrey, but I can see Kamara having the ceiling of uh, the, the running back three there. I mean, I definitely see him having the ceiling, but I, I, I think, it, would you not see that if he's the only weapon, it's easier for defenses to key in on him? I suppose, but I mean, I guess the one thing is that Jameis likes to keep offenses honest. Like that dude just loves to chuck it, right? So it's not like yeah. it's not like he's a checkdown yeah. king like Breeze was. Which you know could again it, that that argument can go both ways, right? Like you know Breeze loved to check down, so Kamara got a ton of work. Then at the same time, you know if Breeze loves to check down, other defenses know that, so they can key in on Kamara for those things. So like I mean, I th- th- those arguments can go both ways. I feel like. Yeah, I just think people respected Breeze as a Hall of Fame, like the most passing yards of all time. I just don't think they um, would have disrespected him by only playing this short pass. But um, no, I, I think there's 100% a world where he, he, he can, I think he could finish the RB1 again, uh, for sure. I think any of those top six guys can finish as the RB1. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I, just for me, he's just, he has a little bit more risk than some of the other guys. Actually, I, I again, I said I would, I would take him over Henry just because I think he has the most risk. But I, I have so much to say about Winston that I really don't. I, it's the preseason, Mikey. Like you're hyping this guy up. Like he played, he had like one good pass to call it Callaway, and you're like, this guy's fixed all of his issues. <laughs> like it's not just one good pass. Come let's on, let's see. Like, had okay, plenty of good touchdown seasons. I know, but with like 25 interceptions. So let, let's wait. I, 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 I more I, than 20 interceptions. I think once in a year. I think that's the actual stats. I, uh, I think it was it, it was the 30 on the last one. He yeah, like he went the, the one year where he went like 35 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But I don't think he ever threw more than 20 interceptions outside of that year. No, but what I was saying is like uh, in the preseason he's had like literally the best throws that Winston had was when he threw it out of bounds as opposed to throwing it down the field for an interception. He's he's changed his method of thinking on the fly when he's on, on the field. I, and Mikey's, Mikey's Jameis' sports psychologist. He knows Mikey, how he man. It's preseason. There's no pressure. Players act, act different under pressure. Wait until the season starts. Well, we can have this conversation again after, like, week well, six. You know what? And, and if he goes out there on the week and throws three interceptions to Green Bay, then you know what? I'm okay with dropping my last pick. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying for you. The argument's more for Kamara. Yeah, I, I understand that for sure. But to be honest, if it's Winston or Hill, I don't think that's going to affect Kamara, in my opinion. Like, I did. Uh, I, I, I did you not see it last year? Kamara was an well, RB2 it, when when Hill was playing. No, what I meant is, yes, you're going to have a drop-off from Breeze to these two guys. But if it's Winston or Hill, it's not going to matter which one it is. I mean, by Danny's logic there, it would matter. Because if, if he can stay in RB1 with Jameis and RB2 under uh, Hill, that would be a big difference. I, I'm with... But we haven't seen Winston and, and him together. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've probably talked enough about my roster now and how great my team is. Um, but you know, this has been a marathon. I think it's time that we bring this to a close. Uh, Danny, Mike, Danny, Mikey, thank you very much for staying up this late. I know, Danny. I can, you know, I'm sure your your child is crying upstairs, and Mikey. I'm. I mean, I don't know what what's going on with you, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure that. 
I, I really do appreciate both of you guys staying up and doing this with me. It was a really real joy, and I can't wait for the season to crash and burn around me. Uh, Danny, do you have any any parting shots you want to make before we go into the games on Sunday? Uh, I, I I actually want to make sure we make our bet at some point. Um, Good call. I, okay. I I, I hey, let's forget talk about that now. Let's talk about it okay. right now before we. Then All right, draft we'll get it on record. Yeah, hundred percent. So we, what was the one that you had brought up in the uh, draft? Yeah, now I'm trying to remember. Uh, crap. It was definitely something that was very polarizing that me and you disagreed on, and now, yeah. now I, I, I don't remember was what it was. Oh, it's Tony Williams? Michelle. Tony Michelle, that's who it was. Right. Oh, which we talked about. <laughs> okay, yeah. but like, okay, so what are we gonna do with Tony Michelle? Like, do we want to set like a a points over under? Yeah, I gotta look into. <sighs> the problem is, I don't think he's gonna do well at the beginning of the season. So. I also I don't... feel like our, our teams usually – our bets are usually based on guys on our teams. So I don't know if I love Sony Michelle being the basis for it. Fair. So let's let's try and look at both of our teams now and see how – about, how about who just scores more fantasy points, Kamara or Elliott? Uh, okay. I have, feel like I just – I'm down five points <laughs> after that week one, but uh, okay, sure. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so let's not do that then. That's fair. No, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm still okay with that. Let, we, let's do it. I, I think. Are you sure? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. No confidence. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I feel okay about it. I, I, okay. There's a lot of good weeks to come. All right. Fantasy bet for the year uh, is between whether Ezekiel Elliott or Alvin Kamara will finish the year with more fantasy points in our league. I feel fairly confident. Danny feels fairly confident. Uh, that that's probably means it's a pretty good bet. So uh, that's that's excellent. Mikey, do you have any parting shots for the league? Anything that you want to say to everyone before we take off tonight? Well, you know, the champ is here and he's ready to defend his trophy, which I still haven't got. So I'm Shut calling up. for us out <laughs> that I haven't got my trophy yet and kind of defend it. But uh, no, man, I, I hope it's not as uh, an injury riddled season as we've experienced last year. I wish everybody good luck. And I'm pretty sure this was the longest recording podcast we've had to date, which you can check uh, afterwards. But yeah, good luck, everyone. You know, I think I think some of the the first round playoff pods have gone longer than this, but for for one continuous one, you're you're probably not too far off. And hence why I appreciate so much both of y'all were here. So I hope everyone in the league who listened, as well as the Canadian government, shout out to CSIS for listening to the Monday Morning <laughs> Gears cast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to this bad boy. And week one is coming up, so we all have that exciting event to look forward to. But until then, keep crying. Danny just touched Ronald Jones. Running into a wall of dudes.